Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Oh, man, thank God that's done in Vegas. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. The three-day marathon has come to an end. Night one took forever. Night two took forever. Day three took forever. And the draft has come to a conclusion. Oh, but there's so much to unpack. Ken Levick alive Monday. Welcome back from your weekend here on ESPN 106.3. Free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. And a John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the now Sunfast List Intracoastal. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights, my partner. And he runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. Monday means Theo Dorsey. He has been busy over the last couple of days because we have had locals drafted. We have had stories to tell. And he is part of the best damn local sports team you're going to find in the world and certainly the best in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. And do not let anybody tell you otherwise. WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Who the draft you get to you get to exhale. A yeah. little bit. This it's it, down here in these parts. This is your second draft, right? Last year we were a little light, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second NFL draft, and and last year we had uh, a couple guys get drafted. Actually, just one. We just had Jamie right. and Sherwood out of Jackson right. Beach. That's, That's what it right. was to the but Jets. Two first round picks this time around. Evan Neal, uh, Okeechobee product, and then Kyer Elam yes. going to the Bills. And uh, it was a busy weekend. Now, one thing I need to get to, um, and this is a draft-related discussion, I think. I was excited on Thursday to see Evan Neal get drafted. Okay, I was excited to see... Kyer Elam get drafted, and I I tweeted Stone, and I think you saw this. Two, five, six, one guys going in the yes. first round of the draft. This is the the capital of college football, or something along those lines. And I immediately, I mean, in in and <laughs> by Twitter standards, it was immediately. I started getting crushed by eight, six, three, and seven, seven, two homers mm. that were unhappy that I lumped Okeechobee into the 5-6-1. I did not know that area code ombudsman existed. Well, they do. And they got me. And I will own it right now. Like, I got caught up in the moment, and I tried to claim Evan Neal for the 5-6-1. That's what I tend to do, is yeah. I stand for the 5-6-1. It's what I do, the 7-7-2. Seven, seven, it's what I do. Now, Stone, you grew up a little bit closer to Okeechobee. And the reason why Okeechobee is one of ours is because they're in the same coverage area as Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. It's Okeechobee County, but WPTV, they see Theo's face. We're there, there in Okeechobee. We're WFLX, they see Theo's face mm-hmm. out there in that area. They're part of our coverage area. In some parts, you can hear us out there in Okeechobee, okay? So they're one of ours. So I lumped them into the 561, and then I was notified, nope, that's 863. But then someone else, a local high school coach, is like, what are you talking about? Anytime I talk to anybody from Okeechobee, it's 772. What are you guys doing there? So I don't know. I'm lost. I'd like to formally apologize to Okeechobee for calling them the 561, okay? (laughs) But now 863 and 772 are both mad at me as well. Which one is it? Well, first off, you did what every college recruiter does, and that's just skip right on over the 772. I know. Showing, them, showing us no love. But, but I, I would lump them in with the I 772. Love the seven, I, try, I gave you plenty of damn coverage when uh. you were in high school. <laughs> Stop it, South Fork boy. No, I mean, I appreciate that, but seriously, time and time again, they just skip right over it. But if I'm going 863 versus 772, I think it's the 772. Okeechobee is a part of the coast. I've All never. Right. I've lived down here for a year and a half. I've never heard of eight six three. Right. Same. So, so I'll go seven seven two as well. Is Okeechobee <laughs> the eight six three or the seven seven two? This is really a Treasure Coast question. 
is Okeechobee, the 863 or the 772, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweeted us at KLV1063. And again, I formerly apologize to all the fine folks in Okeechobee and all the fine folks in the Treasure Coast who were very mad at me for being excited over the payload of first-round picks we had in this listening and viewing area in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast. I digress, however. Things have wrapped up in Vegas. It was chaos. Uh, Theo, how much of the three days did you sit down and enjoy in your home? I got to enjoy all of Thursday, and then on Friday I got uh, probably about half of it, and then, you know, Saturday is when you just have it on in the background. It starts at, like, Background noise. Yeah, Yeah. and it's just like you look up every now and then when your team or an interesting team is up. So I didn't get to watch it intentively, but that's probably for the best, right? Stone... I have a feeling I know what, what I'm getting from you. Yeah, yeah. Just how much of the draft did you consume, Stone? That feeling is probably pretty accurate. I soaked it all in. I'm sure you did. <laughs> I, I was a fan, and everyone seemed to not like who was announcing the picks and how long they were taking and, and all the gimmicks that came with it, but I enjoyed it. You had a few streamers coming in that I recognized. You had the old Marty McDaniel, the Blue Mountain State head coach. I enjoyed all of it, and I soaked pretty much all of it in. So... I enjoyed what the Dolphins did. They had their first pick at 102. Who did they get? Channing Tindall, the outstanding linebacker from Georgia, second team, All-SEC, and he is a monster. I think that he can contribute to that linebacking core and that defense day one. Mm. I think that he's someone that's going to see the field in week one. And think about this, too. We are 10 days away from learning the NFL schedule. So then we're going to know who Tindall is going to uh, massacre in week one. Can't wait. Can't wait for that. But... I liked it. I liked what the Dolphins did. They went and they got a running back. They went and they filled some holes. They got good talent. And fine, it's good. As we discussed, though, on on Friday, there's no such thing as a winner or a loser in the draft when we're discussing teams and we're discussing prospects. Yeah. There's no winners or losers because you can't dictate for years. It's graded on a promise scale to um, an underwhelming expectation scale to me. Uh, the Patriots, they had a draft that underwhelmed expectations, Definitely. right? But you can't say they lost because we don't know. I would argue something quickly here, though. There are, I feel like, winners and losers for players yes. on the team and already. As Evan mentioned, it is 11.55. Oh. Ryan Tannehill clearly Ooh. lost Ooh. because Malik Willis plummeting like he did means that Ryan Tannehill is probably two years away from being out of a starting job. A year and a half the way he throws Maybe a year and it. a half, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do we know what happened? Why did Malik Willis collapse the way he did? What happened there? Because there were mocks that had him mid-first round, and he didn't get taken to the third. What happened there? I think once we got past the first round and nobody, like, traded up or did anything super hungry for quarterbacks, everybody got patient. They didn't really, you know, like something Everybody just out. followed suit. Yeah, they were like, cool, we're going to be cool about this. Like, we're looking around. Is everybody being cool? Yeah, we'll wait around because these aren't first-round draft prospects. Neither was Kenny Pickett, who the Steelers got at number 20. But my question is because they nothing came out about the quarterbacks, but who's the linebacker from Jordan? N'Kobe Dean yeah. Yeah. had, like, the physical stuff come out. So I was right. thinking maybe something like that would come out about Willis. And he nothing. said, I'm healthy, and the reports were teams – we're wondering why he never had surgery on his shoulder. And Kobe Dean's like, again, I'm healthy. I didn't need the surgery. Yeah. But then he ended up, where did he end up getting taken again? Third round. Oh. He was in the third round yeah. when when it looked like this is a guy. The Eagles, right? The who Eagles. was yes. flirting. Yes. He was flirting with the first round. And then all of a sudden he's in the third round. But Malik Willis, that again, it's different because Malik Willis by all accounts, it's healthy. Yeah. And you're right. Everybody just sort of played follow the leader. Oh, we're not going to have a run on quarterbacks? Okay, fine. We had a run on wide receivers almost all draft. Quarterbacks, nothing. Absolutely nothing. It was weird. I don't think it mattered to any of these teams because none of these guys are going to come in and start day one. So they could yeah. be leisure about it and take their time and just follow the suit, like you said. If I'm Desmond Ritter, I understand wanting to get on everybody's uh, correct side in Atlanta. <laughs> but can we... Can we maybe just sort of chill with the Super Bowl declaration? You already have enough pressure as a uh, a non-first-round quarterback drafted, Ridiculous. okay, who is coming in in very much a try-and-fill-the-shoes-of-who-is-a-legend-there-in-Atlanta-in-Matt-Ryan, who actually did go to a Super Bowl and then lost a 28-3 lead. Sorry for that, Falcons fans. But 
maybe just maybe talk about how appreciative you are to be there and how you can't wait to take on the mantle and how you can't wait to have success in Atlanta. But I don't think you're doing yourself any favors if you start breaking out uh, Super Bowl talk. You know, I, I really have a good theory on this. There's so much of this, like, and it started with the last dance. And then, like, with some of the stuff with LeBron James, and then you see the videos that come out about Giannis when Giannis was, like, a rookie or a teenager. And I think a lot of these guys, even Lamar Jackson, remember his draft day, he said something bolsterous like, uh, they're going to get a Super Bowl out of me or whatever. A lot of these guys see that and then see the success and think, oh, I got to have my moment early so we can watch this 10 years later. But not everyone's Giannis. Yeah. Not everyone's LeBron. Not everyone's Lamar. (laughs) This is the problem, man. It's the same problem we have with, like, the fourth and short call when when John Harbaugh goes over to the sideline and is like, yo, Lamar, should we go for it? Hell yeah, coach. They only play that audio when it works out. Right. We need to start right. playing the audio of these guys 10 years down the line when it don't work uh-huh. out. Kind of like the Aaron Rodgers, the Niners are going to be uh, upset they didn't draft me. Right. And then they beat them every yeah. time in the playoffs. But we get caught up in these once in five yeah. million athletes. <laughs> uh, all I'm saying, and I don't have a bad word to say about Desmond Ritter. Okay. And Stone, I, I put a lot of my quarterback evaluation trust in whether it's smart or not, in the man who is behind the board right now in this room, <laughs> Friday Night Lights, I like him. I like him, and you sold me a lot of him. And I actually went back and watched YouTube uh, clips of Desmond Ritter last week after you did your no-name quarterback report, and he's good. He's more than a running quarterback. But this is just me. This is my sensibility. Uh, and I know if I was in that situation, I'd want to obviously get everybody fired up and, hey, I'm going to come in and help you. But just for my own personal benefit, I'd probably leave the Super Bowl talk at the door. <laughs> That's just me. That's how I operate. I don't know. Maybe. No, I agree with Theo talking about, you know, wanting the soundbite for years down the road, but I do think there's a little bit of this. Marcus Mariota is not a bona fide starter in the NFL, and I think come OTAs, come minicamp, and eventually a little on during the season, he wants to try to win over at least some of the fan base who are on board with him because – if Marcus Mariota goes down in week three, I mean, he's going to be on the field. And if there's any yeah. bit of competition when Mariota comes back, he wants to at least gain some of the fan base well, behind him and like make this a battle. You can before do that it without starts. saying, "I'm bringing you to a Super yeah. Bowl." He lost the fan base with that quote. Like I, he misread the situation because Atlanta fans know what the Falcons are for one. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, poor guy, so jaded." <laughs> yeah, they're like, "Oh, he's going to learn very yeah. soon." Well, uh, you got to get past Tom Brady first in Fal- Fal- NFC South. Falcons fans wanted nothing to do with the optimism of yeah. Desmond Ritter. Like, just be a realist. They I want did. my quarterback to be a realist. He read the room wrong. Yeah. Like, maybe if you go to like, I, I don't know. I can't think of what fan base would actually believe him when he says that. Maybe like the Eagles. Well, the Patriots, because the Patriots, they just expect they're going to be there. Yeah, but they also don't like. As evidenced by going Chattanooga in the first round. That's not the Patriot way, though. I think Patriots fans will align behind Bill Belichick and be like, oh, we shouldn't be bragging before we step on the field. I don't think that fan base would take kindly to that. He was just trying to start the quarterback battle controversy just a little early. It was lame. (laughs) Get it in there. It was lame. Uh, So (laughs) that was a takeaway from me. Like, Desmond Ruhr, I guess you're excited, but I also think maybe he got caught up in the moment. I think he got <laughs> caught up in the moment a little bit. He's a bona fide winner, man. Forty-four and six. Yeah. So this guy doesn't know what it feels like to lose. Going, so he's he's, he's delusional. Yeah, forty-four and six in the American a little bit yeah. different than going to the <laughs> National Football League. And I, you know, it's bold, and you know, it's a strong statement because I said in full National Football League. But then one thing really encapsulated what I have been saying for years, and that is the proceedings are too damn long Mm. and it's one thing to bring in as roger goodell puts it a -a make-a-wish kid which as uh we discussed on friday is not the proper way to describe (laughs) someone who is being benefited by the make-a-wish foundation they typically call them wish kids but the dismissive make-a-wish kid uh Commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, uh uh-uh. That was not the proper way to identify the young man who made the Giants' first pick on Thursday night in the first round, okay? But I don't need the season ticket holders anymore, okay? We had two season ticket holders come out on day two to talk about what the debut game on Amazon Prime was going to be, and then they started doing a bit and started riffing with one another. I didn't need that. Just tell me the damn pick. Tell me who's going where. But then taking the cake, the personification of this was a man named Ed Molinaro. Oh, no. He is an actor who stars as the head coach. What's the coach's name, Stone? Marty Daniels. Blue Mountain State on Amazon Prime. This, in full, 
is Ed Molinaro entertaining the masses on Saturday before a pick for the Minnesota Vikings. Get a pillow. I got to tell you, (laughs) finding a Viking purple sport coat is not easy. But I did it. And I hope you appreciate it. Boring. You know, the significance of me being here was that 50 years ago, I was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. I, I know I know what you're thinking. I look pretty good for my age. But, but it was nothing yeah. like this. I was in my little apartment in Ithaca, New York, at Cornell University. And Jim Finks, the general manager, called and told me, congratulations, son. You've been drafted <laughs> by the Minnesota Vikings. This is for a draft Vikings. pick in the hundreds. I love it. It's a new and residency here honest, in Vegas. They weren't <laughs> on the top of my list for teams I wanted to be drafted by. Look out. In oh. fact, there was only one team that I wanted to be drafted by less. Oh, my goodness. But I'm not going to mention Green Bay. <laughs> Well, that's some red meat right there. Oh, I see those cheese heads over there. Oh, anyway, it was a great experience. Got to play in two Super Bowls. And now, 50 years later, here I am in front of all you folks. This is really exciting for uh, me. They're done with this. So, as a ex-former Minnesota Viking and former... Head coach at Blue Mountain State. Go Goats. Come on, we got to have some goat fans out there. <laughs> it's terrible. Right, now they're blowing up. <laughs> Go Goats, baby. Anyway. Is he going to get to the early? There you go. Read I, the, the, okay, read the card. She wants me to read the card. Right. A producer had to come on and tell him to read already. Go Ed. Here we go, Ed. <laughs> he got this getting a hook. Not, not even any play. It's like Showtime in the Apollo. Oh, my goodness. Just read it. Give him a hook. With the 42nd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select defensive back Andrew Booth from Clemson. Thank God. So that that was in full Andrew Booth from Clemson and his selection of the Vikings. As a viewer, it's just the worst. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? And I get people like Blue Mountain State and he's a funny character, but we did not need the monologue. But it speaks to a bigger problem with the draft. Unless it's something that is being done for charity, and I mean a reputable charity. I mean, I want kids who are downtrodden and uh, who are facing an uphill battle with something. I'll allow that. But a season ticket holder, I don't care. The Dolphins in a Jewish holiday putting a fan in Brazil in front of Christ the Redeemer to make a pick? (laughs) Probably missing the mark a little bit. That's just me. We definitely don't need that. We need to speed the damn draft up. We talk about baseball all the time. Send out a representative from a team or send out someone from the NFL front office and let's make it snappy. Enough of that stuff. Yeah. That's my biggest takeaway is the whole thing is too damn long because everybody thinks they're going to have a stand-up act now at the microphone. Yeah, that was ridiculous. He had, I don't think a minute into his speech, he had even looked at the card. No. Like, he had no intentions of reading that card when he walked up to that podium. And I, I don't know. Like, they, they do have to eradicate some of this stuff. We got we to gotta make it quicker. We have to make it less, like, I guess they want it to be a pageant. They want it to be a show, but I don't know, man. Nobody, nobody likes that. Theo's tweet really got me. It was somebody get grandpa off the stage. <laughs> and I was listening live to it, so I died laughing when I saw that though. I just I we start we need a showtime at the Apollo. Yeah. If people start to boo, if people start to turn on the performer, just come out with the hook, take him off stage. But you know, you know what that sucks for? Andrew Booth. I know, yeah, and that in exact like, facts. Andrew, Andrew Booth is sitting there at his house. Yes. He knows that the Vikings, he's talked to the GM already, yes. his agent, his family's waiting. They have it, they're DVRing it. Right? Do people still DVR, by the way? No. Uh, what do they do? 
they just wait until it comes out on Twitter or YouTube, like <laughs> okay. like normal right. folk. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, fine. They, they have their phones out. They want to capture the moment. Okay, there's local television from wherever Andrew Booth is from who are in his home waiting to get this footage, and the man himself just wants to hear his name announced. And then you have a C-rate actor on stage <laughs> yeah. giving a monologue that he thinks people want to hear. No, bro, this isn't about you. It's about Andrew Booth. Yeah. That sucks. And the draft, the fact that it's three days makes it too long. I'm still of the opinion it should be two days, but we don't need this to be an entertainment venue or the pageantry. We just need the names to be. You're already in Vegas. We Just give us the names. Yeah. Please. The NBA draft does it right. I like the NBA draft. Get in, get out. One night. One night, both rounds, and also there's not a lot of that. Like second round, you bring out the deputy commissioner, sure, mm-hmm. and then every now and then there's like a guest person speaking. It's very subtle. It's woven in. Yeah. And it's also just more action during the NBA yeah. draft. Like, trades feel like they mean more. They're announced a little bit more. Like, I just, I don't know. The NFL draft is a little too much. And, and, and I'm fine bringing out former players of a team, okay? That's who that but, guy was, apparently. But let's make sure, true. But let's make sure <laughs> that they can, like, string together a sentence, that they're coherent. Well, like, they, at least let's go They have a plan route. ahead of time. Right. Like, hey, don't go over, like, 60 seconds here. Right. Or or just pre-record something. I am proud to welcome the newest member of the Minnesota Vikings. And then I have someone on stage say, Clemson defensive back, Andrew Booth. Yeah. Like, they, it's not hard. But I know as a viewer... I can't stand it. It's too long. It's too much of a commitment of time how at about, this point. How about Chase Claypool for the Steelers having to go up there and announce uh, the, the Steelers drafting a receiver? Right, right. A guy <laughs> who's going to be fighting to replace him. Yeah. Because Chase Claypool, I mean, let's be clear about something. It's not like we're talking about a guy who has 100,000% job security yeah, for the yeah. next two or three years, right? He's is he replaceable. Good? Sure. But is he replaceable? Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe that guy's his replacement. Right. I. That is awkward. That is really that awkward. Would be That's funny. like sending Ryan Tannehill out to take Malik Willis. Ooh, now that would have been, been spicy. golden. I can't wait until that happens one year, something like that. What is your biggest takeaway from the NFL draft? Mine is, I don't need skits before my draft picks. I like what the Dolphins did, and I don't need performances before my draft picks, especially in Andrew Booth. What number did he go, Stone? I think it was forty uh, second. Yeah, forty two. Yeah, second it was round. High. Second round. The forty second pick. Okay. Yeah. All right. Forty second pick. So we wasn't in the hundreds. Okay. Forty second yeah. pick. Um, but still, that we don't need that at all. It's worse though because Andrew Booth is like a starter in the NFL, as expectations show. Uh, with him being a second round pick like that, and, and then for you're that just guy sitting, to you're steal sitting his waiting. moment. Yeah, and, and and his moment absolutely got yeah. stolen. You're exactly right. Like that's the story around Andrew Booth getting drafted. What is the biggest takeaway? That you have from the NFL draft all three days. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at KLV1063. But your biggest takeaway from the NFL draft. 888-760-3776. Let's get things rolling in Riviera Beach with Leo. Leo's on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, Leo. Hey, guys. Happy Monday. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. My biggest takeaway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with old man Ken real quick and just say that <laughs> I couldn't agree more that the, that the draft is way too long. That little, that little cringy skit almost felt as cringy as, like, Scott Todd's from The Office. It's like, dude, yeah. just finish up. It's like we all have that long-winded uncle or that long-winded friend that talks too much, and you got to, like, get in a word edgewise to try and be like, to change the subject yeah, or to, to get to them to be the quiet momentum. so that you can talk. Right. right. And it just felt like and it just felt like he was just he was just gone. Just he was just rolling down the river just talking, just talking, just talking. It's like, wait, who's even picking anymore at uh. that point? I liked it when the draft had it where after the first round or after the first like couple hours, you know, couple rounds or whatever, they literally just turned the lights out on the on the stage. And they just had the announcers drafting or be like, hey, yeah. we picked Don Jones from Clemson in the third round. Oh, you might have missed it. That was two minutes ago. Like, right. that's how I liked my draft. Right. I don't need to see skits. I don't need to see skits or, or Make-A-Wish Kids. No offense to the Make-A-Wish Kids, but I don't need to see that. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's cool. It's heartwarming. But at the end of the day, like, who did the, who did the Dolphins draft? Yeah, yeah. and I appreciate it, Leo. Now, again, as I said, in my in my new NFL draft format, uh, if there are downtrodden kids, and I mean like, listen, I have kids. 
Okay, so I understand the value of great experiences, but I need I need them to uh, to to have something where it's it's true. Like if my five and four year old were like, oh, I want to announce a draft pick, like, kid, sorry, you don't meet the 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 qualifications yeah. because you've already got everything you need right now. You're healthy and you have everything you need. Uh, I'll get you a bounce house for your birthday. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, and we're good. All right, um, you don't need to make the draft pick now. If it is Make-A-Wish Foundation or if it is uh, a Nicholas. charity, Nicholas, exactly, Children's yeah. Hospital, something like that, now we're talking. Let's do it. Roll out the red carpet, make the pick. I feel great about it. But for the sake of my time, I don't need rando kids up there making picks. Okay? Yeah. Sorry. They can grow up and they can become contributing members of society before they make a pick at my NFL draft. Okay? Yeah. Okay, yeah, but you, you can't deny that the moment – between Sam Prince and Thibodeau was awesome, though. Like, New York Giants fans loved it. And it was like when they were hugging and dapping up, it was a pretty cool moment. But it was early enough to where it didn't matter. But it was a good moment between yeah, the Yeah, but two. it also didn't take one, 20 minutes. That was a good one. Yeah, the Giants came on Thibodeau pick. Yeah, that was a good one. The kid did great. Yeah, he did he awesome. He had a voice. Yeah. He had a voice. And another thing, too. Do we need the picks to have to walk two miles from where they're sitting in the green room to the I, stage. I like it. Like, why Why do <laughs> we need that? Why do we need that? I know that it's giving the network time to break down the pick, but do we really, really need that to happen? Can't you break down the pick after the selection is made? Because it almost ruined Sauce Gardner. He almost walked into a completely <laughs> different part of the Bellagio than when he, like, he was about to walk into the lobby of the Bellagio before someone, right before he walked through a screen uh, that clearly was a separator to another room, and said, uh, bro, that way. Like, stop. You're confusing the prospects now. Can we just get on with it? And you get selected and you walk, I don't know, 25, 30 feet to the stage and you're good. What about going to the war room? Would you be interested in that? Like like going TV to the war room and the coach and the GM kind of announced that pick on the big screen with the speakers and everything. Like we're going with blah blah blah. Now that's kind of cool. I like that. Or or what if the player? Or I guess the war room is the war room on site or it's back. No, at the, the war yeah. room's back at the team facility. Yeah. yeah, that's not as cool. I was about to say, what if he gets to walk into the war room after he's picked? And dap everybody up like, yeah, you got me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's <laughs> lit. That would take some logistical problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh, hops on a plane. But I like the big brother approach. Like, you've got the GM on the massive screen. Oh, yeah. And you're sitting there, and the GM himself is announcing who they selected mm-hmm. as opposed to and, – and by the way, that ruins the problem of Goodell talking out his ass. Yeah. yeah. And acting like an idiot like he did on Thursday. Uh, call an ice cube baby, and I want to get we're we're gonna play that again at some point. I want to get Theo's reaction to that, where where Roger Goodell calls ice cube baby not once but twice. But like that dude thought it was his show on Thursday night, so instead we're giving the draft back to football. This is my this is my plan as commissioner of the NFL. I am making the draft about football again. Make the draft great again. Madiga, mm. Madiga. Mm. It's, this, it's almost as catchy. We got to get you some hats. That's the yeah. thing. Got to get yeah. you some hats. That'll, that'll make a stick. Yeah. Think about how awesome the moment would have been in front of 100,000 plus when uh, Robert Sala is talking about sauce like on the yeah. big screen. Jets fans would have gone crazy. Like, that's good stuff. Yeah. Like I would, I would, I like that. That's meatball I think stuff. You're right. I think the GM, Big Brother, just being videoed in to the draft, making the pick at least in the first and second round. Yeah, I'm good with it. I'm good with it because it's past the point now. Like the second round, we put so much emphasis on it as football fans because we think we're savvy and smart. Oh, second mm. round picks are important. Then fine, treat it like it's important. Put it on night one. Maybe you have to go bring the draft back to Saturday. Uh, right. I don't know. It used to be on night one, right? It used mm-hmm. to be one and two, mm-hmm. and then I feel like the rest and of then the, the next day. rest on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. You brought up a good point about us thinking we're savvy in the third and fourth round, knowing who it is. I have a problem with that because on the broadcast, whether it's radio or whether it's on television. In the fourth and fifth rounds, when the pick gets announced, yeah. they immediately go to a package that was already pre-recorded. Yeah. They, don't know, they don't know bleep about bleep. Just they, trust me They on don't this, know okay? who yeah. just got drafted, but yeah. because Matt Miller broke it down a week ago because right. he watches film then in case this guy gets drafted. Well, and they also pay him to do these yeah. pre-produced things. Yeah, so it'll be like Steven Janene, and when he gets drafted... <laughs> They talk. They like let Matt Miller do his breakdown, and yeah. then like somewhat talk about him. Maybe if right. Mike T no. knows about him, nobody this else is, knows about him. Here's here's how you handle the late portions of the draft. Okay, this is just a little uh, again peek behind the curtain. We're going behind the fourth wall here. Okay, so a guy gets picked in the fifth round, and uh, 
here's how you approach this. Here's how you tackle this. Okay, so what I want you to do, Steven Janene, give me a team that he gets drafted by. Okay, pretend he's getting drafted. Give me a team he's been drafted by, uh, the position, and uh, what college he went to. With the 134th pick in the fifth round, the Pittsburgh Steelers select defensive back Steven Janene. Oh, this pick. Uh, so, and where did he go to school again? Pitt. <laughs> okay. Again, great. that's all they. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, well, you look at this hometown kid. You yeah. look at this this defensive back, and you really like his intangibles. Not to mention the fact that he is familiar with the city. He's going to be welcomed by those home fans. So you start check mark with something that's yes. like familiar that yep. everybody yep. can tap into. That secondary for Pitt last year, part of the unit that won the ACC championship. Mm. He is very full of experience. He knows how to win a title. There you go. So now you've applied it back to the college as well. He's going into a secondary that has struggled over the last couple of years. He's going to be able to come in, perhaps make an immediate impact, really show off in training camp. There you go. Nice broad. People say, ah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Check mark, check mark. Next. Overall, this is value in the fifth round. And then you move on. <laughs> that is how you break down the late draft. So, Mike T, we love Mike T. Mike Tannenbaum's outstanding. But all I'm saying is that in this world, Stone could have gone on ESPN yes. Radio and started broadcasting from round five on. Because you just checkmark with uh, relatability into reference the former college and their system or the coach, uh, and then into what did that defense with that NFL team do last year into good value. There. Yeah. There. Instead instead of he's got great footwork off the line, he's got strong hands. Just, right. You'd never watch this guy play once. Right. Yeah. And maybe just maybe you'll have a scouting report in front of you and you can read it, but you didn't do that. No. It's easy. And then the final part of that, that direct deposit hits. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. We'll continue to take your calls on the biggest takeaway from the NFL draft. You know uh, what I take away from the FAU MBA sport management program? That it's elite. And that is evidenced by not only the fact it's ranked number 19 internationally by sport business and post-management sport management degrees, but also... I know personally dozens and dozens and dozens of products from the FAU MBA Sport Management Program that have gone on to their dream job in sports. Go to fau.edu slash MBA Sport now. Find out more. Get yourself signed up for fall semester classes, either on campus in Boca or online. You can take them remotely. If you want to work in sports, this is the way to do it. It is an expansive industry. This will help you find some direction. You can't just say, oh, I want to be in the sports industry. It doesn't work like that. It is Big. It is a billion-dollar industry, and there are many ways to get into it and thrive. Trust me, it's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. That's fau.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, title sponsor of Ken Levick Alive. What is your biggest takeaway from the NFL draft? Mine is get it back to football. Bring it back to football. No more of these skits. No more of these monologues, the stand-up, the personalities. Uh Uh-uh. I want it boring. I want it short, and I want the picks. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at KLV1063. He's Theodore CWPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Make the draft great again. Madiga rolls off the tongue. I put it in bullet points just so we know that it's it's official and it's in the universe. The NFL draft fix. A, bring it back to football. B, no more Roger Goodell variety show. C, no more celeb pickers unless it's coherent former players and coaches or kids for a cause. D, you let the GM or the head coach announce the pick from the war room. That was Stone's idea. Well done. And E, no more eight-mile walk from the green room to the stage. That's a start for the draft. Yeah, I I like it. So far on that list, nothing I necessarily disagree with. So I'm I'm with you on board. We're heading in the right direction. We're bringing it back to football, damn it. That's right. We're presented by... 
the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. I do appreciate Stone being so wrapped up in us fixing the draft that he <laughs> forgot about the sponsor. Yeah. Uh, so what are your biggest takeaways from the draft? What are your biggest takeaways from this NFL draft? I know there's a lot to sift through and a lot to unpack, but I have Jets fans all weekend tweeting at me about how it's their time now, how they won the draft again. And I want to make this very, 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 very clear. I'm okay with Jets fans being excited. Is it annoying? Absolutely. Are they the most annoying NFL fan base? Arguably, yes. They're up there. They're They're really up there for a franchise that's done basically nothing to be so in your face at all times. It really is a South Florida phenomenon that you don't appreciate until you actually move down here. Theo now is a part of it. I learned it very shortly um, after I moved down here. Jets fans should be excited, but there's no such thing as a winner or a loser when it comes to prospects and the team. I sang it because it is now a common thing that we're going to keep bringing up on this show. There is no winner or loser prospect or team in the draft. Okay, there's promise. The Jets come out of this with a lot of promise. The Jets come out of this with a lot of promise. Did Joe Douglas do well? He absolutely did. Okay, he absolutely did. There are reports that they did try to get Debo Samuel using the 10th pick. It fell through, and the Jets might be better off for it. So they even got some luck that intervened, saving them from themselves. Mm. But Jets fans, it doesn't mean that you're saved. Okay? It doesn't mean that you're saved. But I think Jets fans would say the biggest takeaway is we won. Yeah. They think they had the best draft, and they had a lot of draft capital, and they spent it at least, we could say, objectively pretty wisely. They, they did it. It was right. a wise draft. Based on yeah. what we know and what they need, it was wise. But but you got to be able to develop these guys. Like You right. had the Zach Wilson pick, which we got to see what happens with it. You had the Mekhi Becton pick, who looks like he, I don't know, we'll see. You know, like He's a good left tackle, but... Seems like he's getting a little mm-hmm. – the weight control, the development mm-hmm. there is not really in line with what you would want to see. So the Jets made good picks. We'll have to see what they do with them. The Jets still have yet to beat Tua. Yeah. The Jets still have yet to see back-to-back decent showings for Zach Wilson when he's healthy. And Robert Sala still has much to prove as a talent developer, that coaching staff, head coach, of the Jets. That's all I'm saying, okay? So, good weekend, productive weekend, Stone, but the Jets fans can't sit there and say, here we come, because there are no questions that have been answered. Absolutely. I've already started to see headlines this weekend that I I had to bear through, and it was, how can the Jets finish further than the Patriots or the Dolphins? Like, they've already started that conversation. It's like, come on. But they, 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 listen, as a Dolphins fan, I know what it's like to win an (laughs) offseason. (laughs) <laughs> the Dolphins have won a lot of off-seasons in my 16 years down here in South Florida, okay? What is it uh, what is it brought? Absolutely nothing. In fact, one of the worst off-seasons I thought they had, they ended up winning the AFC East and hosting a playoff game and they got bailed out by Chad Pennington in that terrible off-season and a coaching staff that initially knew what it was doing, all right? So you just don't know. Jets fans have every right to be excited. I like the word wise that Theo used but it don't mean a damn thing until the games start. It doesn't because nobody there in that facility has proven anything. The only one who did was Joe Douglas. Put together a good board and did a nice job on the phones. Yeah, He proved something this weekend. Nobody else has. It's your biggest takeaway from the NFL draft. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us, won't you? At KLV1063. Let's head to Boynton. That's where Ernesto is. What's up, Ernesto? Thank you for taking my call, gentlemen. How of you course. day going? I am going. I am doing fabulous. Let's go by. Let's go by the top. Let's do it. My Giants did well. Ten picks, five defensive, five offensive. They've covered their bases. Yep. But I am going with the notion that we don't have a quarterback. Now we're not the only one. Mm-mm. I say across the board, there are a couple of teams out there that I can name. You're Miami Dolphins. Yep. Arizona. They have the weapons. They have the talent, but let's see if these quarterbacks can actually go through. And I'm saying it as a true Jeff fan. This is his year for Daniel Jones to put up a shut-up. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't sign this option, so he has to pretty much now prove what his value is, and it's up to him. 
Um, I say for Philadelphia, it's kind of scary what they have. I'm not going to admit. But, again, they don't have a proven quarterback yet. I mean, he's talented. The ceiling is, ceiling is high for him, but I want to see it proven. And he does have the weapons. Don't get me wrong. They're in my division. I'm not stupid. I am a fan. I'm gullible. I'm not gullible. <laughs> I, uh, I am a fan. I do see what's going on with Philadelphia. Uh, as for Dallas, Dallas is Dallas. Anyway, as for the Jets, like you said it, buddy, draft-wise, draft they did amazingly. Let's just see what they do on the field. Let's see if Mr. Zach Wilson is their quarterback for the future. I doubt it. I really seriously think they, they don't have it in him. I don't, I don't think they have it in him. They have to, they're going to have to get a veteran, I think, later on. Um, but besides that, I think it was a great draft for everybody across the board. You know? And uh, besides that, let's go Matt! <laughs> Thank uh, you for throwing that in there, Ernesto. Appreciate it. Also, that. That, that's definitely not going to be true. A great draft for everybody across the board. There's no way. No. It never is. No. It, ne- it, it never is. And, uh, I mean, right now, I think the prime candidate for eh, draft was probably the Patriots. Yeah. No doubt. But no what doubt. they're going to say, and this is what Patriots fans are going to do, one, we trust in Belichick, and, oh, that's just a Bill Belichick draft. Yeah. Unearthing gems that you didn't know about. That They can fall back on that because the history is there. But I think it anybody right now with half a brain, right, and, and certainly not as of late, yeah. and anybody with half a brain right now can realize there wasn't a great plan. And if there was, it wasn't executed well with the Patriots. Yeah. At all. It, um, it, what, what Ernesto speaks to with, the Eagles and the Giants and the Cowboys. He just broke down the NFC East. But I think the emergence of the NFC East potentially is a story, is a, a takeaway from the NFL draft. Well, I love the A.J. Brown acquisition. Can we say emergence of the NFL? It was the worst division for like two years well, straight. I, like an emergence is basically lifting its head up off the tile. <laughs> yeah, floor. I get it. The bar is so You're low. Right. It's like, yeah, sure, we're emerging yeah, now. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. We're uh, relevant now. Uh, we're yeah, competent. Emerging in the loosest <laughs> sense possible. It's like after uh, going through a bender and then you get up to go pee. Yeah. Like you've emerged <laughs> from your bedroom. Okay, you're right. You're exactly right. Uh, but the fact that the Eagles showed some some guts. Yeah. I mean, that A.J. Brown deal, I love it. I absolutely love it. They went, they paid him. Did they make him the highest paid receiver? No. Did they give him what it's worth? Yeah, I think so. Now, yeah. I also uh, really like what the Giants did. The 10 picks, one of them, Evan Neal, hometown guy. Sorry, 772 guy. Yes, sir. Okay? Yeah. Uh, so the Giants did well and addressed some needs, but as always, it's a matter of how you develop them. Jalen Hurts, are there questions with the Eagles? Yes. Does he have a number one receiver now? Yes. Who has proven himself? Yeah. That requires no uh, amount of of uh, coaching up at that point. You know what you're getting with A.J. Brown. Yeah, and then they still got the Slim Reaper on the other side. Mm-hmm. They got Jalen Rager to kind of stretch him deep. I mean, they've got a, a three receivers you can put out there confidently now in Philly, and I think they have another guy, too. I can't, his name escapes me, but I like his weapons. We'll see what Jalen Hurts is for sure. Yeah, Dallas, Tua and Jalen Hurts. Dallas Goddard's a weapon. Well, I mean, Goddard's a tight, yeah. Yeah, tight, tight yeah. end. Speaking but, of Dallas, the gap is close. Yeah, now, I was just about to mention Dallas. When we talk about underwhelming, we're talking Patriots. Dallas as well. Can you guys name one guy they drafted? I had to look it up, but I remember there was a tackle from Tulsa, but right. uh, no names Yikes. that we knew. Tyler Smith, Sam Williams was a good DM with Ole Miss, and then the rest, no names. So, yeah. so Dallas was underwhelming for sure. Don't forget, Stephen Jones said championships aren't won in the offseason. <laughs> but the problem is when you're the Cowboys, championships aren't won on the field in the season either. Right. So that's an issue. At least not the, the past three decades. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Not, not since Stone was – when. what year were you born? 98. He has never experienced yeah. a Dallas Cowboys championship. He is now. How old are you? I'm 93. 98. 93. So you, I mean, you had. I thought it was 92. Was that? What was their last one? 93 was the last. 93 was the last one. Uh, I believe. We we'll have to look it up. We we'll have to fact check it. Yeah. But I think it's a chance. I haven't experienced one either. Yeah. Yeah. I there is a chance recall. actually. Not that you would remember. Right. It definitely as a newborn baby. It. Yeah. Right. 93 is the one where they uh, where they beat the Steelers. Yeah. I thought 92 was their last Super Bowl, but I, I could be wrong. I, I again. I wasn't born. I wasn't around. No, 93 may have been the last Bills, and then they beat the Steelers. So I think you were alive for one. Okay. I think you were alive for one. Stone definitely has not been alive for a Cowboys championship. 93, 95. Yeah, 95. 95 is the one where they beat the Steelers at the Rose Bowl. 92 as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. They they beat the Bills back-to-back, and then they came back. They beat the uh, Steelers, but that was Barry Switzer as head coach. That was after Jimmy Johnson got to... 
mm-hmm. had the run in with uh, with Jerry Jones. So Yeehaw, you were alive for one, Theo. You were still suckling on a bottle yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah. Stone was not even probably thought of no. at that point. Ain't no way. Uh, so go boys. Uh, what's your <laughs> biggest takeaway from the NFL draft? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV 106.3. He's Theodore CWPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. The NBA draft, or the NFL draft, I should say. I've got NBA playoffs on the brain. Mm. We'll get to that in just a second because I've already decided that I am, uh, I am, I'm not having fun anymore. The deeper into a postseason you go, the fun ends and the stress and the eating and the breaking out and the lack of sleep begins. Yes. And I'm sort of at that point now. I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about anything. I just don't like when I see the injuries, man. Like I this everything to me is now like war of attrition. Just stay healthy, man. Just stay healthy. All of the teams, I want to see everybody stay healthy so we can get through these playoffs. Uh Jeff Camp on Twitter. Jets fans think all of these rookies are going to contribute at a high level in year one, and their quarterback, who is meh, will turn into Peyton Manning. That's my takeaway from the draft. That about sums it up when it comes to Jets fans. That does about sum it up. Yeah. I, I just, listen, there is reason to feel promise. But to be cocky about it, there is nothing in Jets world that should be eliciting any sort of cockiness right now. Because, again, did you see your rookie quarterback try to play last year? Big arm, no accuracy. Had a penchant for throwing it into the green part which doesn't do you any good. Or to the other team's hands. Or to the other, yeah. That Patriots game is stained right. in my memory. It was terrible. It was yeah. two of five with three interceptions in like early into the second quarter. How like, many did I he won't get forget that. Was it like five? It was four in that game. Four. Yeah. I, and did they ever pull him? They pulled mm-hmm. him, right? For who? Would it have been Joe? I thought, no, they had that backup guy. Remember the guy? Like that, the white oh, guy? Oh, yeah, Mike White. Mike White, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He got the he got the one start. Yeah. And he won. And he won. Oh, he yeah, balled he out. He became a Jets legend. Yeah. I said the white guy. I don't want y'all to think I was referring to him as no, it's okay. the white guy. His last name was White. Right. For anybody listening. Yeah. Because like, that would have been confusing because there was three white yeah. like white guys <laughs> in that quarterback room. Yeah. You're right. The Mike, the, the Mike White The Mike White guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, I want no confusion. The green stuff. That that Zach Wilson was throwing at was not uh, like the numbers, the chest part of the Jets green jerseys. It was like that fuzzy stuff. Yeah, the grass. On the grass. Okay? Yeah. yeah, I just flipped my pen too. I don't know what you was lost happening it. there. No I know pen. it is gone now. Uh, GT tweets. Uh, it was better with Ron's one through three on Saturday. Ron's four through seven on Sunday. It's unwatchable now. I don't know if it's unwatchable, but I do know that stuff like this, where Roger Goodell is trying to act cool while he thinks he is the center of attention. He thinks this is his night. I just want to revisit. And I I was thinking about it over and over over the weekend, how this hasn't become a bigger deal. (laughs) Roger Goodell inviting Ice Cube, that Ice Cube, Compton version Ice Cube, one of the baddest rappers to ever live, Roger Goodell. He of the sweater vests and sat on a leather seat in his basement two drafts ago. To announce picks, that Roger Goodell had the audacity to introduce Ice Cube like this Thursday in Vegas. And I see someone special right down here. Ice Cube. Cube, come on up here, baby. Come on, Ice Cube. Come on, baby. I mean, still, still can't comprehend what's happening there and why Roger Goodell felt the need to throw out a baby, baby, about Ice Cube. Nobody thinks that Roger Goodell is riding in the same circles as Ice Cube. And you don't call someone baby if you're not in their circle. The problem is, you know, white guys at Roger Goodell's state of life, a (laughs) lot of times when they're dealing with, like, black guys who they think to be cool or think to be of a certain, like, you know, certain stature, they try and relate to them in a way that they cannot do. No. 
So he's thinking, like, what would be cool for Ice Cube? Like, he's trying to make it comfortable for Ice Cube. And really, just be yourself, man. Just say, Ice Cube, come on out. Like, Yeah, What and and also, too, I doubt there's anybody in Ice Cube's world that's calling him baby. (laughs) Yeah, aside from his significant other. Yeah, so, like, where does Roger Goodell get that from? Like, what part part of his brain is firing and says, I know what happened. Oh, this, he's going to think you're cool if you call him baby. But do it again. But do it again. It'll be even cooler. What part of his brain is doing that? He was listening to that ain't nothing but a Jeep thing, baby. <laughs> He's like, oh, he, he said wait, it in the song, wait, 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 so wait. I should call him baby. Wrong rapper. Wait, I, I don't know. Like, I, Look, man, Goodell, he knows he, he knows where he should stand in that. But again, he was trying to be relatable. He was trying to be cool. He was overcompensating. Uh. Overcompensate. I did defend him Friday, though, Theo, in the sense that he nailed the dap-ups. He hit everybody with oh, the brother dap, and he was on. solid on that. Come on, though. He's been doing this for, like, right. what, 20 years? Of course he could do the dap-up. He even looked a little cool sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it was smooth. Yeah, with but yeah. as, he's, as he's doing the dap-up, he shouldn't be saying, sup, blood. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> That's the problem. Therein lies the problem. <laughs> Like, yeah, I would have bought it a little bit more if Roger Goodell was just like, because I imagine he's said the word bucko before. Oh if he's just like, Ice Cube, come on up here, bucko. Yeah. Like, would it be cringy? Yeah. Would it be more Roger Goodell? Yes. Yeah. At least I would think it's not phony in that yeah. moment. Be authentic, man. Be yourself. People people embrace those who are authentic in the moment and being themselves. That's why everybody clowns Carl Anthony Towns, mm-hmm. who tries to... Him- he yeah, tries not, to bring his voice down yeah. to a lower level. Oh, my We're goodness. We're going to win game six. That video of him leaving the arena, <laughs> blowing kisses, and every like he, like he had a standing ovation. It was so cringe. Uh, man, He's something it. else, man. I and it. I want to be sympathetic towards him. And I've talked to some Timberwolves fans over the past couple of days and Wait, somebody where? that works with them. I know. I know. Exactly. <laughs> it's because of a tweet I sent out and I got hit up. Uh-oh. You got, you got yeah. ganged up on? I got hit up. And I talked to them and they're like, we want to be sympathetic towards him because of what happened with his family and all of that. But even predating that, he's been kind of cringy and corny, yeah. and he continues to do so. So it's hard. It's hard. But I, <laughs> the guy I love, I hope he does well in life, but come on, dude. Stop being so corny. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hey, you know what's corny is if you get hurt, you not trying to get compensation to pay off medical bills, to pay off uh, the the money that that piles up if something goes wrong, okay? That's just doing life wrong. There are a lot of outlets for you, but the best outlet for that, the lawyer you can trust the absolute most in a sea of, of let's be honest, personal injury attorneys in South Florida that a lot of times you're just trying to take advantage of you. Well, Pat Lawler is the guy who you can trust. Want to know why? Well, because he's been doing it for decades, first of all. Also, the consultation, he wants to make sure that he can take your case on and win for you. So that consultation is free. All you have to do is log on to wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. That staff, so much experience. They cover all of it. Any personal injury, slip and fall, automobile, boating, motorcycle, the whole thing. Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, wanttolawyerup.com. And you know by this point that I don't align myself with people that are sketchballs, okay? Pat Lawler is the real damn deal. That is Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. Heat Sixers, game one. I'm scared. He's Theodore, CWP-TV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.